0: If somebody told you on New Year's Day 2020 how much the world was going to change, you probably wouldn't have believed them. But suppose you had known, what would you have done differently? How would you have prepared?
1: And what if you would even more time to prepare, say, three years? What action would you have taken? Would you have moved somewhere different? Applied for different jobs? Developed different skills? Would you have warned your friends And do you think they'd have even believed you?
0: We can only look back now at these hypotheticals and wonder what we could have done. But here's the thing. There's another crisis heading our way. A crisis that's sure to be worse than COVID-19. It's the climate crisis. We still have time to take action and as a result live happier, healthier and fairer lives. So the question actually isn't what should we have done? It's what will we do now? and how can we use our experience of covid as a wake up call to take real action
1: welcome to the covid alarm clock woo <laughs> yeah
0: woo 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 so hello everybody welcome to the first episode of the covid alarm clock podcast this is a series where we're aiming to look at sort of what lessons we can draw from our experience of the COVID crisis to better understand and address climate change. So my name is Dara Wynne and I am doing this podcast with my co-host, Ellen Haggerty. How are you doing, Ellen?
1: I'm good, Dara. Um, it's great. Um, so I'm really excited about the podcast But so I suppose what we're hoping is that with this podcast that the kind of the misery and the shock and everything that we've gone through with the pandemic that we can learn from it that it won't be just this vain action but it'll just actually almost give us the opportunity to have a reset button or to wake us up to perhaps being able to develop a society that's fairer that can work against the challenges that climate change present and you know a better world for all of us in the process.
0: Yeah. Um that's the aim. So we're we're just just that. That's all we want. You know, just <laughs> just just to change the world. That's kind of that's the only aim of the podcast. And if we manage we, that sure that'll be great.
1: And if we don't we can always audition for beauty pageants. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line. We want to save the world. <laughs>
0: um yeah, yeah. That's the that's the long-term plan. <laughs> Forget stopping climate change. It's uh, it's Miss Universe, Miss Universe (laughs) 2030. Um, Speech writing from Miss Universe. (laughs) Um, We're recording this remotely on Google Hangouts. So every Saturday, myself and Ellen meet up and Ellen... (laughs) Ellen records under one of her children's beds, and um,
1: so just, Dara, just to clarify, I'm it's a it's a high sleeper, so I'm not actually like pr- prone on the floor, <laughs> trying to speak into a mic. Um, I'm sitting under a, under one of these bunk beds that doesn't have a bottom bunk.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 um it, i think it would have been more fun if you didn't clarify that <laughs> ellen um but yeah and i am in uh, a bedroom in my house and to make it a bit more like a s- recording studio acoustics every week i put a mattress on the table in front of me um and that is my recording studio so myself and ellen met doing a master's in dcu um called climate change policy media and society so i'm a teacher at the moment i'm working as a music teacher and in the last few years have been getting more and more concerned about climate change trying to figure out what i can do trying to learn more so the masters was a great help in that experience and this podcast i guess is the latest iteration of that
1: so I met Dara doing the Masters in Climate Change, and uh, I found a kindred spirit. Um, I think we've all, we both found quite a few kindred spirits in that course. And um, I'm I'm a vet. Um, I'm a teacher, and I'm a mother of three children. Um, and I suppose from an early age, I've had a complete passion for for the natural world. And over the last couple of years, I've started to become active in, I just, I don't want to go down without a fight and trying to save this beautiful world that we have. And I did the Masters to try and just, A, give me more ammunition I, and give me more knowledge. And B, I suppose, for all those trolls out there who kind of go, well, who are you to, to say what you're saying? Well, at least I can say, well, look, I've actually taken, I'm doing it part-time, so I've taken two years out of my life to, to study this. So yeah and um. yes.
0: one thing that i loved that you said there ellen is that you said you would have a passionate a passion for the natural world because a recent bugbear of mine is people say oh, i'm passionate about climate change nobody's passionate about climate change like it's yeah. you're passionate about stopping climate change or you're passionate about yeah protecting the things that climate change is going to affect like the natural world or civilization um
1: yeah our society yeah the the onset of societal breakdown Um, (laughs) stopping that
0: (laughs) i think i think it's it's kind of changed now but there was a while there a few years ago where if you were concerned about climate change you kind of did have to constantly ask yourself is this just in my head because nobody was talking about it so
1: you were a little bit on the fringes
0: yeah um the masters has has been great in that sense in, in getting the grounding to be like yeah no it is it's definitely happening it's fairly bad <laughs> um so <laughs> so i suppose what we're yeah what we're trying to do with this podcast is now that we are experiencing this global crisis there are a lot of things that have changed for everybody in the past year that as we've said you would have if we told you a year ago you would have said they were unimaginable so that's actually like uh that's sort of an opportunity for us to think, right, so maybe there's other, so a bad thing has happened this year, maybe there are some other bad things that are going to happen in the future. Do you know what? I'd really like if we were more prepared for the next thing coming down the tracks. Um, And Dara
1: and I sat and had a coffee one day, um, a few months back, and we were just talking about, and I think a lot of people see there's a similarity between this kind of pandemic and what's coming down the tracks with climate change and we just see that we have this amazing opportunity to take what we have learnt from the Covid crisis and apply it to the climate crisis
0: Yeah, that's essentially what we're going to do with this series is we're going to focus on a different aspect or topic or theme each week because it's so broad so Covid isn't just this virus Covid affects or politics, COVID affects our economy. The media play a big role in COVID coverage. Um, so each week we're going to pick one of those topics, look at what COVID has taught us about it, and then look at the parallels in those areas with regard to climate change.
1: So we've been recording these episodes the last couple of months um, from December 2020 into January 2021. And um we're we're recording them remotely we're we're based in dublin so this podcast has very much as an irish focus but we so while there'll be quite a lot of you know irish references maybe to different things that have happened in ireland or irish politicians irish media we feel that what we've learned from the covid crisis transposes very easily to situations anywhere in the western world um so just you know so we can take Ours is almost like this Irish case study which can be applied internationally.
0: Yeah, that's a lovely way of putting it. We're hoping loads of people in in Ireland will get a lot out of it. But if you're not in Ireland, definitely if you listen on, there'll be stuff for you there. I suppose we should start with a little question that some people might have, which is, Is it not a little bit too much to start dealing with COVID and climate at the same time? Can we not wait to take action on climate once we've sorted out COVID?
1: Dara, I suppose, yeah, that would be great in theory, but the answer is no. No, we can't. Just because we're not seeing the impacts of climate change. So we're not, well, we're not seeing huge impacts at the moment. But it, that doesn't mean that it's not time to act and that we don't have like a lot of really strong reasons for action. And the reason for that is, you see, there's a time lag with climate change. So between emissions going into the atmosphere and the actual impacts of climate change, there is a time lag. So if we want to have an impact, we need to act now and we need to act with urgency.
0: Yeah, And I suppose the one silver lining of that, Ellen, is that a time lag is actually something we've become familiar with from COVID. So if we look at COVID first, and the time lag, and then we can explore it in relation to the climate. So the impacts of the virus are spread out across time, and that makes it challenging to deal with. So do you want to explain the time lag by looking at what happened uh, with COVID in Ireland? From yeah. December 2020 to January 2021.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So in Ireland, we had been in a strict lockdown up until the end of November in 2020. And that's because there had been a rise in cases. And once the cases got to a point where the government was happy, we reduced our lockdown measures and we allowed people to socialise. But in doing that, we allowed the virus to spread. But the thing is about the virus, it spreads silently and invisibly. It's It's actually really like... CO2 levels increasing in the atmosphere. And with COVID, there is an incubation period of up to two weeks. And during that time, you can have people shedding virus, and but not actually displaying symptoms. So they can shed virus pre-symptomatically. Um, and typically, you only get sick, it varies from case to case, but about a week after getting the virus. So we started the measures in late November, early December, but it was only in January that we started to see the consequences of this socialisation. And what we saw were cases peaking in early January. And then consequently we saw a peak in hospitalizations, and now what we're seeing in late January is we're seeing um, high numbers of people dying. So essentially from that increased initial socialisation we Saw an increase in the case numbers a few weeks later. Then there was a time lag again until we saw an increase in hospitalizations a couple of weeks after that. And then we saw an increase in deaths, um, daily deaths, death tolls. And so essentially, once the infection was widespread in the population, all those impacts the cases, the hospitalizations, the deaths they were all unavoidable. We, we had essentially locked them in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that has huge implications for the strategies we use then to prevent COVID because we know that we have to act before the virus gets out of control. And that's the only way of preventing those deaths. So it was back in December that we had the chance to prevent those deaths. Because of the nature of the virus, we have to act before it gets out of hand. And I think what's really important is if we didn't understand the concept of the time lag, people might see the cases rising while we're in lockdown and think it's not working.
1: Yeah, Dara, like absolutely. And like, we know now we know that a lockdown works and we know it'll bring cases down. Um, We saw it in March of last year of 2020. Um, And we know that there's a time lag between us taking action and those actions actually having an effect on case numbers. And, as you say like it's it's really crucial that we understand time lag to take meaningful action against covid because it shows us it's going to be just as important to understand it in relation to climate change if we're actually going to take proper and meaningful action um to stop temperature rise
0: yeah yeah completely because <clears throat> because climate change has a time lag associated with it as well but it's over a much much longer time scale than covid so Rather than weeks and months, we're talking about years, decades, even centuries and millennia. So we've been pumping huge amounts of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere for the last 200 years, and they have caused the atmosphere to warm. So already, the emissions have caused the planet to warm by about one degree Celsius. But the thing is, if we stopped all global emissions tomorrow warming wouldn't stop just like there's an incubation period with the virus and it takes a while for people to get sick there are parts of the planetary system that take years even centuries to respond to these new levels of greenhouse gases
1: yeah and like that's a bit mind-blowing it's really hard to get your head around it um but actually the ipcc Dara, have a quote that sum it up really well
0: yeah so it's probably worth mentioning who the ipcc are actually ellen
1: yeah, so the IPCC, they're a really important body. And look, I'll explain it in the spirit of the COVID podcast. Um, so, NEFIT, the National Public Health Emergency Team, they're our public health emergency team in Ireland. And so they give scientific advice to our government here on COVID. Um, the IPCC, that stands for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And they're a body of scientists. Um, affiliated or within the UN the United Nations and they give and it's a huge number of scientists and they give expert advice to all governments um, throughout the world on climate change and the effects of climate change and how we are going to prevent climate change
0: Yeah so I suppose it's great to know that expertise is out there Um, Do the governments listen to that advice at all Eden?
1: Yeah they do yeah Dara yeah yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) Well, maybe they listen, but like they don't really act on it, Tara, you know?
0: But we'll talk about
1: that another time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So to get back to the quote, anyways, what do they say about the time lag, Ellen?
1: Okay, so the IPCC, they state that warming from anthropogenic emissions, so that's human-caused emissions, from the pre-industrial period, so from around the 1800s, to the present that will actually persist for centuries to millennia and it will continue to cause further long-term changes in the climate system, such as sea level rise and with associated impacts. So basically, we're going to have sea level rise continuing for thousands of years as a result of emissions. And even if we were to stop all emissions today, we we still have this time lag, so there's still going to be warming. But you know, I'm not saying that in a way that we should lose hope, Dara. Like I'm saying it in that if we act now, we could we, it's it it will have an impact. That will have an impact.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it, it's important to know, um, and it's really hard to wrap your head around, like that some parts of the Earth system are just that slow to react to the changes in CO2 levels like the ice caps. Um, but it's just like our bodies take a couple of weeks to react to contracting COVID. But with the earth, we're talking about years and years, not days.
1: And what we'll see as we get that increase in temperature is we'll see an increased frequency of extreme weather events. We will see an increased frequency of extreme storms extreme droughts we'll see an increased frequency of extreme rainfall and that's that's all part of the time lag um, and it's it's like it's, it's 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 really scary but it's really important to know it if we're going to actually act and tackle tackle the issue like
0: yeah yeah like it's it's fairly stark but it does make the challenge of climate action very very clear Because there are two things that we have to do. So first of all, we have to stop emissions now. Like we have to stop the transmission of the virus. It's the first thing we do to tackle it. Because it's already going to get bad with the emissions we've put out there. And the more emissions we pump out, the worse it's going to get.
1: Yeah, and like Dara, that's not enough. Because we're going to have to prepare for the impacts as well. Like, So just like we had to prepare our health service for a spike in cases we are going to see huge changes to the planet's climate. And we know this, like we know this. So we're going to have to adapt and we will need to look at our food systems. We will need to look at our vulnerable populations. Um, we are going to look, we're going to have to look at like things like infrastructure that will end up being underwater. And we're going to have to get ready for these impacts. <laughs>
0: if you think with COVID, we didn't exactly know how bad it was going to get. If we had known, we could have just closed up our borders, never let the virus get in here, and carried on living a normal life except anyone visiting the country would have to quarantine for two weeks. We could have done that. We could have taken that preventative action if we had intervened early enough. Now, there are still some negative consequences that we're going to face because of climate change but we still have time to prepare for them and to take that preventative action so we don't want to be scrambling like we are with covid where we're closing schools where we're not socializing we want to while we still can take that early intervention to prepare because we have all the science covid The science was rapidly developing. Climate change, we've had experts learning what's causing the warming, how that's going to change the world, how we can prevent it. So we just need to listen to that and put the stuff into place. We know some of the impacts that are going to happen. Like We know there are some houses on the coast in Ireland that are going to be underwater. We know that there are going to be Extreme weather events that are going to affect infrastructure. We know that there are going to be climatic changes in other parts of the world that are going to affect our food production. So, do we want to do what we did with COVID? Do we want to wait until it happens and then be like, oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? Or do we want to make ourselves aware that these consequences are coming as a result of the emissions that we've already put out there and take action now so that not only are we prepared but we have shifted tilted our our society that we can still live great happy lives while while those changes are happening
1: but tara what if we're wrong (laughs) what if we make all these positive changes and then nothing happens
0: oh what a disaster that would be imagine if we just made everybody happy and healthier and made the yeah, world fairer for Yeah, imagine if we created
1: amazing infrastructure, brilliant mass transport, you know, uh, an, an equitable access to hospital systems, amazing schools, um, and and really improved our food security. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be terrible.
1: <laughs> so you know, we can we can do all these things, not just um, as a kind of a, even as proactive actions for climate change, but just as positive impacts for society as a whole.
0: And we see that with COVID action as well. Like, if we had a better health service, it would be better for dealing with COVID, but it would be better for us every day, day to day in general.
1: Absolutely, Dara. Like, imagine if we had now bigger, better ventilated schools with smaller class sizes. Like, we might actually be able to get our children back to school and it would be better for their education. And... It would be better for my sanity, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, the way you said, "What if it's not happening?" It definitely is happening. Like, yeah, no, I know. Just to be no, but just to uh, just to really, just to really put it out there because we had that experience. Like we all had that experience uh in February, March of last year, where we're like, "Ah, oh, is it really happening? Is COVID is it going to be that bad?" And like it is, yeah. <laughs> it was that bad, lads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and climate change is the same. And because it's not in your face, because there's this time lag, because we're not seeing the impacts now or actions that we're taking now are having consequences. But it's not like COVID that there's a three week time lag. It's a time lag of years and years and years. Yeah.
1: Decades, centuries, and millennia. So. You know, we we saw and our government saw what was happening in Italy at the beginning of COVID. And we saw people, you know, dying in hospitals and dying in car parks and dying in, in like, tents because it got so bad. And so our government actually did take some really positive, proactive steps to stop that happening in this country. And we did reap the rewards. I mean, there was no point Mm -hmm. up until now where our hospitals became um, overwhelmed by by COVID patients. We didn't have that kind of... We didn't have to call the army in to deal with dead bodies. We didn't have to set up field hospitals. So we did definitely see the um, positive effects of looking at a time lag and saying, OK, we need to take action because this is what's coming down the tracks. And
0: that is such... That's such an important point that you have raised, Ellen, because... It's much easier with COVID to see the impact of the bad choices. We see the we see the consequences of negative actions far more clearly when it comes to this crisis. The only way we see the consequences of positive actions is in the absence of those problems. So because we made the right decision to reduce our contacts, we didn't have those deaths and we didn't have those cases and that's a really abstract thing and it's really hard to see the impact because what you're seeing is the absence of a problem so it's very easy for people to turn around and say asher covid wasn't that bad anyways and it's like yes covid wasn't that bad in march and april and may because we took those actions yeah and that's exactly the same with climate change is that we will never see the consequences of our good actions. We will only see the consequences of the bad actions. So or we while we'll s-
1: see them, they just don't really make the news. Like, you know, no COVID, you know, like y- you don't get amazing headlines, you know, normal weather today. It's, it yeah. doesn't kind of, you yeah, don't get a front but I, page. Yeah,
0: but I suppose, yeah, <laughs> but I suppose even, even to the bigger point, we already have emissions baked in Yeah. and they are going to change the climate in the future. So things are going to change for the worse, no matter what. Yeah. So the actions that you are taking now are just to stop things getting worse. So if you're living an environmentally friendly life, you're never going to see the impact of that. Things are going to get worse, but they can always get worse again. So basically it's the same with COVID. There are going to be cases and you're just trying to have fewer cases. Think of the actions you have done with covid. So you have worn a mask and you have social distance and you have reduced your contacts. And by doing that you have reduced the spread of covid. But you can't say, yeah, I stopped I stopped 10 people from getting covid or I stopped 20 people from getting covid or I saved my grandmother's life or you can't say that with any certainty. But if you do get covid, you can say, "Oh yeah, I passed covid on to three or four people." So you can see, you can see those negative consequences much more clearly. But we know from the numbers and we know from the big picture that if we make the right choices, we bring stuff down. And, and just but like to, Dara, you
1: make a brilliant point. Like nobody's going to congratulate you. You're never going to get a ding on the app that kind of goes, "Yay! thank you so much for not going to the house party or thank you so much for not arranging like a dinner for 10 in, in your garden illegally at the height of COVID, you know, no, the government's never going to come out and send you a letter.
0: I've caught, I mean, not, not during COVID, but I actually used to get loads of messages from people before COVID being like, thanks, thanks for not coming to the party. We had a great <laughs> night. <laughs> is that just, is that, is that just me? Hi, <laughs> um, Dara. <laughs> Um yeah, I do you know do I've my own. I was reju- I was reducing my reducing my social contacts for the good of everybody way before it was cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> oh, But Dara. yeah, yeah, so I suppose I suppose to we've talked quite abstractly up until this point about the knock on effects of emissions, but there is a huge amount of science and research done that can project pretty clearly how much warming we're going to experience and how much more we're going to experience because of the emissions we continue to put out. So think about that in terms of covid. NEFIT, the national public health emergency team in Ireland can pro- can project right because of the last few weeks we're going to have this many cases. If we keep going like this and don't bring in any restrictions, cases are going to rise and they can say with a fair amount of confidence, how much, that, how much carrying on, as usual, will affect cases. That's the same with climate change. We have projections of, we've emitted this much, warming is going to happen this much, we're probably going to keep emitting the same amount year on year, or a little bit more. So we know when we need to stop emissions to stay within a safe level of warming.
1: And like, Dara, like that time is now. Well, I think that time is now anyway, because one phrase we've heard a lot, an awful lot in this last year is flatten the curve. And when we think of our annual global emissions, they have been going up year on year. And that is the curve that we need to flatten. And we saw that actually in 2020 because of COVID. Um, we, we managed to reduce our emissions, but it, we we can't stop now. We need to keep reducing them again, like every single year. We need to be in this country reducing them by 7.6% per year at least. And it's going to be a huge challenge, but the consequences of what's going to happen, if we don't, will, will be dire. And I think it's really important to just acknowledge how important modelling is as well. I mean, you know, modelling is essential in being able to predict the, the time lags, um, yeah. And that's one thing that we've really become, you know, so used to seeing now with with COVID is how important these graphs are, and how we can actually model what's going to happen going into the future with these graphs, and they're they're quite accurate. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah. it's amazing that we have the same for climate change.
0: And I think that's another really interesting thing, Alan, that if you look at a day on day graph of of COVID cases, mm. the cases rise and rise and rise and then we bring in restrictions the cases continue to rise for a while and then a couple of weeks later with the time lag you see the cases starting to fall that's exactly the same with with global average temperatures so year on year it's been getting warmer and warmer on average so some years might be a little bit cooler but the trend is generally upward the last five years have been the five hottest on record And it's going to continue to warm and warm and warm. Even when we reduce emissions, it's going to keep on warming. And then even when we stop emissions completely, it's going to keep on warming still until eventually the climate stabilizes. But that won't be during my lifetime.
1: And, you know, that's not to scare us. Either, because that actually to me sounds quite frightening, Dara, you know, when you put it as starkly as that. And it is it is frightening. But I think there's no point in at this point now sticking our heads in the sand. Yeah. This is we need to be frightened into action and frightened into working to to stop the rise.
0: That's the fact. Like COVID's happening, whether you whether you believe it or not. Yeah. And And it is horrible to have to deal with, like in so many ways, in social ways, in personal ways, in mental health ways. But actually not dealing with it is worse. And like in the in the medium term and the long term and in terms of your mental health and climate change is the same. Whether you acknowledge it or not, it is happening. Um,
1: And You know, it's much better to be part of the solution than like be part of the solution rather than being part of the problem you know, if, yeah, if yeah. we all act together.
0: So on that note, Ellen, every episode of this podcast, we finish with actions that people can take. So we're trying to give you the information, but then also give give listeners things that they can do with this newfound information. So Ellen, can you get the ball rolling on the COVID alarm clock actions based on what we've already said? What do you think people can do going forward?
1: So... I suppose we said it before, like climate change, it's such a huge problem and it's so abstract and it's so far away. Like that's the huge problem with the time lag. It's so far away. It's a bit like our pension, Dara. You know, like, yeah, we all know we're going to need this pension when we're like, I don't know, whenever we stop working in the future. What, 85 is it? (laughs) When we're like, you know, 65 or 70. And like so many of us haven't even set up pensions because it seems so far away. But at some point it's going to run up and bite us. And we're like, oh, crap, I never set up that pension. And I think climate action is similar. So, you know, I think we need to be aware that the actions now, a bit like putting money into a pension now, will absolutely reap rewards in our future and in our children's future and in the future of the natural world. So start by acknowledging that there is a time lag. Start by acknowledging that we actually have to take action and all actions are important. Like every bit of warming matters, every action matters, and every year matters. And whether those actions are individual or whether those actions are to try and provoke systemic action, all actions matter. And we are going to, over the next number of episodes, be addressing concrete, more concrete actions that, that people can take. But today's one is just acknowledging that there is a time lag and acknowledging that what we do now will make a difference in the future.
0: Yeah. And re-emphasizing that point is that the things you are doing now, if you are making environmentally friendly choices in any respect, be it transport or what you eat or what you buy, they are having an impact And as we've said, you're never going to see the effects of that. You don't get a notification on your COVID app to say thanks for not going to the party. You're never going to see the effects of those actions, but they are making a difference. So if you are doing those things, then we'll we'll just say thank you. (laughs) Thank you for doing those things and keep them up because they they are making a difference.
1: And use this as the wake up call. Use the COVID alarm clock to wake up, to wake up to what's facing us and to wake us up to make a change.
0: And I suppose you can use COVID as your reference point of of what would you have done? Like what action would you have taken in January if you'd known this crisis was coming down the line? And. There is the climate crisis coming down the line. So, what are you going to do to prepare yourself and your community and your politicians and your country? So that's just a little the action of thinking. Yeah, ponder and, that. <laughs> that's the action. And
1: you don't have to come up with like they are brilliant actions that Dara is given, and just. You can use the next month to think about those. You don't have to have them all by tomorrow morning written down in a in a in a jotter. Um,
0: but yeah. yeah, but Ellen wants to see them on <laughs> on Seesaw, <laughs> submitted to Seesaw um, by by the end of by the end of the month.
1: Or Padlet, or Google Classroom, or Zoom, or <laughs> Teams, or whatever other platform we have. We've have like six platforms between all of us in this house at the moment. Yes. So all yeah carrier pigeon yeah <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the Covid Alarm Clock was written and presented by Ellen Hagerty and Dara Wynn. it was produced and edited by Robert Cotter
0: please follow us on social media for up-to-date news on the podcast and the climate crisis we are on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at COVID Alarm Clock.
1: And tune in next week when our episode will be on the subject of science. Until then, bye. Bye. bye wait, wait. See bye bye, bye bye. Bye. See, bye 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 bye. see bye, bye. bye bye bye. 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 Bye.